looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwoskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, Bill. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week, and this week is no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 53 of Live from Detroit, The Jeff Dwoskin Show. We've got a special show for you today. It's amazing. You're going to love it. Actor Shannon Wilson is with us, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, star of Snow Babies on Amazon and Halston on Netflix. She's here. Fun conversation coming up with Shannon in just a few minutes. I do want to take a quick second just to thank everyone who likes and subscribes and follows the podcast. Much appreciated. Don't forget to share it with all your friends. When the conversation hits a low, it's a perfect time to slip in. Hey. Do you guys listen to Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin show? It's changed my life. And when they say, how did it change your life? You just say, oh, you got to listen. You got to listen. I appreciate everyone who jotted that down and plans to do that at their next function. You are my best friends. Thanks to everyone listening on CastBox. It's a great way to listen to the podcast. They have apps on all the platforms and a great web-based option. So check them out. Perfect way to listen to live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show. It's May, and that means it's Mental Health Awareness Month, one of the extra special reasons. It's super cool that Shannon Wilson's here to talk about her movie Snow Babies, which dives into addiction. Oh my goodness, who's calling during my big speech? Hello? Jeff, what's up, buddy? Hey, everybody. Fred Carroll from the podcast Ending the Stigma. How are you? I am doing well, and I see you're doing well, because you have Shannon Wilson coming up. She is the best, star of Snow Babies. Yeah, it's a good movie. Watched it for research on Ending the Stigma, the show we do for addiction. It taught us a lot. It taught me a lot. I watched it. Her acting in it is superb. It has a very real feel. It has a human aspect to it, and you could buy into what it must feel like to be a parent dealing with that as a child. You mentioned you watch Snow Babies for research for your podcast, Ending the Stigma. Tell us about your podcast. Primarily, we're trying to help people that need the help, whether it's homelessness, addiction. We focus more on alcoholism, suicide prevention, and addictions. But we've moved into all aspects of life. It could be anxiety, depression, homelessness. It could be a day, a bad day. And we give you a live phone line where you could call in and speak to us. And that's half the problem is being able to speak to somebody. We can't solve the problem, but we try to guide you in the right direction where to start that first step. Who do you need to call tomorrow or right now? It's so far so good. It's worked out well. We've talked to some great people. We've heard some great success stories. I love a good success story because we all have bad days and more people than not have had addiction issues. I like hearing the stories of people overcoming these addictions. How do you find the podcast? You can go to Ending the Stigma on Facebook or on YouTube, and we do it in a live forum. Those videos are there from the previous weeks and weeks. You just can't call in because it's not live. But we're live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 o'clock Pacific Time. That's our normal. We do switch it depending on the guest. Sometimes a guest comes on and can't make those hours. You could join Ending the Stigma group page on Facebook, and that's probably the easiest way. What advice do you have for someone who's struggling right now? 
first of all, you need to talk about these things. You don't need to be, we're, we're living in a world today where it's okay to have trouble. You don't have to hide anymore, but you could tell the truth. Find somebody you trust. If you're a child or younger, sometimes you can't talk to your parent, but you can talk to your teacher, your priest, your rabbi, your friends, your friends' parents. And hopefully the world that I want to live in is back to where, for instance, if my daughter came to you with a problem, you would then take it with what you could and feed it back to me as needed. That's what I want to see is we need to talk about these things. Well, you're doing some amazing stuff, Fred. Thank you very much for calling in. Thank you. See you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Fred Carroll, co-host of Ending the Stigma. I'll put the link to the show in the show notes so you can get to it or you can search it up on the internet. He co-hosts that with Scott Silverman, who's a crisis coach, and they're doing good work weekly. Never be afraid to reach out, and there's one avenue for you to do so. Fred also has some other podcasts, and I'll put links to those as well in the show notes for you to check out as well. I do want to remind everyone, my live show, Crossing the Streams, every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We go live and interactive on YouTube and Facebook. If you're on YouTube, just search the Jeff Dwoskin Show. There's also a link in the show notes. You can watch us live, comment along. We'll put your comment on the screen. It's a lot of fun. We talk about TV shows and movies that you should be streaming on the million streaming services we've all come to rely on lately. Tons of fun. And I invite you to join me there as well. And now it's time for the social media tip. If you're listening to this on the day it's released, still time to grab a ticket for PodFest. I'm talking on Tuesday, May 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Art of Twitter. In the show notes last week and this week, there's a code where you can get a free ticket to PodFest Global. Check that out. The social media tip, however, is I was just reading about this new feature that Twitter put out that they got rid of crop. And what that means is if you put a photo in your tweet on mobile, it won't crop it. Before it would crop it, you'd have to click on the photo if you didn't have it a certain dimension that would fit right into the actual way that they displayed the tweet on the mobile or desktop. So here's the problem, though. And I think this is great if you're on mobile, but a lot of people use desktop. 80% of Twitter is done through mobile, but that means 20% is desktop. And so that means there's 340 million people that use Twitter. 42% of Twitter users use it daily. So that's 142 million people, and 114 million of those are on mobile. That means 28 million people are going to see your tweets on desktop and it will be cropped. So, you know, it's a nice feature, but until they can roll it out on desktop also, it just seems that it's a nightmare situation for social media managers who now have to balance. It's a nice thing to go, oh, 80%. But yeah, but 20% of 142 million people is still a lot. And that's your social media tip. I do want to thank everyone who continues to support the sponsors week after week after week. I can't thank you enough. That's how we keep the lights on here at Live from Detroit, the Jeff DeWaskin Show. This week's sponsor, Idaho Potatoes. Tired of French fries? Tired of baked potatoes? Tired of potato pancakes? Tired of hash browns? Well, what you need is to just eat tater tots. That's right, tater tots. 
Why eat potatoes any other way when you can eat them shredded and shaped into a cylinder and deep fried? That's right, tater tots, they make the perfect side dish or main dish. Just dip them in some ketchup and you're good to go. Tater tots, it's the way potatoes were meant to be. All right, sounds good. I love tater tots. Love them, love them, love them, love them. So anyway, support the sponsor, available wherever things are frozen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited. We're at that part of the show where I get to share my amazing conversation with Shannon Wilson with you, star of Snow Babies in Halston. We had such a fun talk, and here it is. All right, I have a special guest. She's got a brand new movie out, Snow Babies. So she's here, but she's a, she's an actress, author, songwriter, model, does voiceover, quadruple football, huge threat, huge threat in the industry. <laughs> All the threats, all the threats. So uh, welcome to the show, Shannon Wilson. How are you? Good. How are you, Jeff? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much. Good. I want to talk about your new movie, Snow Babies, but we're going to, I want to get to, we're going to end on that. I'll be the big finish. Big finish. Can't wait. But I do want to talk to you about your improv. Not really. Well, yes, I took classes. First of all, improv is so hard for me. I don't think people realize, I guess they do kind of at this point realize because they've heard that it's hard. And so I would force myself to do it, to torture myself and to get better at something that I'm horrible at. So I went up to New York and, and went up right Citizens Brigade, Big Brigade and took classes and just, it's so challenging. I mean, I'm sure you've done it, right? Well, I've done stand-up, so I've kind of honed some improv on stage, but not to the point where I'd say, oh, I'm an improv comedian or anything like that. Like yeah. if someone goes, do your next joke in, in a disco voice, <laughs> like I can't do that. In disco voice? What is a disco voice? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I always feel like. You're a dentist at a disco who just found out, you know, and like, go. <laughs> it's like, I just, I can't do that. Admire those that can. I know. My brother was, went to Texas A&M. I'm from Texas. And he was in Freudian Slip, a big improv group. He's got a funny story about Bill Cosby, but we won't talk about that. But anyway, he performed for four years and traveled around the country and was so good at it. So I thought when I moved, I lived in Denver and tried doing improv at the Impulse Theater. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard. But I think it's important to get yourself out of your comfort zone. And it just helps you overall in listening and business. And it's just, there's so many skills to improv. I, I think it should be required for even executives. I agree hundred percent. I feel the same way about stand-up comedy. Like I feel I've performed on stage for 18 years, but I think it, in my day job, in the workplace and business, dealing with people, situations, that's where it's really come in handy to be able to diffuse a situation, to bring some levity to it. And the other person doesn't really know what you're doing. They don't get it. <laughs> you know, I was like, you're controlling it, but they don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's my favorite thing to be like, we'll be at a restaurant and I'll, I'll make the waiter or waitress laugh. My kid will tease me and go, yeah, she didn't even know what hit her, huh? <laughs> she, she didn't know she was dealing with a professional. <laughs> you're like, I can, I can smooth anyone over. I was, at, I was at a restaurant once and they said something and I had a really fast comeback. And she's like, you're not the first one to say that. I said, but was I the fastest one to say? <laughs> See, that's good. The waiter probably liked you. I waited tables forever. I mean, it's just, that's also required. And I will make my children wait tables. They're teenagers and I will make them do that eventually. But there would be guys that would be like joking around and I'd be like, ha, I would laugh, I'd do the fake like, <laughs> And as soon as I turned around, I was like, just, you know, the, as I was leaving the table. 
you know, the, like the smile will just immediately go away. Cause you just, I'm sure that waitress didn't do that with you though. No, 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 no. Cause I was a professional. <laughs> my, my... <laughs> we all like to think you didn't get the face when the person turned around. <laughs> you would never get the face. You're too sweet. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing I ever said to a waitress, she hands me the bill. Yeah. We had probably had some good back and forth up to this point. So she ha- hands me the bill and I'm like, Oh, what's 3% of $25? And she looks at me and she's like, not enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's the greatest answer ever. <laughs> 3% is hilarious. That's funny. That's such a random number. And that was a good comeback. When you were, when you, when you wait tables and the big guy that's ordering the Dom Perignon and that's, you know, taking care of everybody. And then when they, when they would say, uh, you know, don't worry, I'm a really big tipper. You knew right then you were getting the worst tip of all time. Anybody that sat for real, like, I know I'm a pain in the ass, but I'll tip you well. You're not. You're getting a 3% tip. Right. Which they think is well, which wasn't disclosed in the beginning of the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. They spent all their money trying to be big, big, you know, hot shots. My favorite thing to do at the end of any meal is to have nothing on my plate or like, like one thing, like a pee, like, like literally (laughs) like nothing. And I go, can you wrap this for me? And the reason I do it, my, and like, because usually the, it'll like trigger the waiter or the waitress to tell me a story about someone that actually made them wrap something up. <laughs> they would, like a pee. They're like, oh my God, you're laughing, but I had this person made me wrap up parsley once. <laughs> <laughs> they save everything. My, my funniest was I was in LA and I was a hostess at this nice restaurant in Manhattan Beach and Kevin Nealon walked in with Gary Shandling. Wow. Amazing, right? And Gary Shandling was just like, an, exactly as you would, did you ever meet Gary Shandling? No. God, no. just exactly as you would expect him to be, just so nervous. There was a wait. It's a really small restaurant. He's like, I don't understand why there's a wait. You're like, because there's no tables, so you have to wait. And Kevin Nealon was just hilarious. And it's just cool to see people like that. And they, they, they match what you think they would be like. That's so cool. Gary Shanley has like my favorite joke ever. He's, he says, is it Porsche or Porsche? Oh, it's Porsche. Okay. I was driving my Toyota. <laughs> he was so great and so funny and just so neurotic. And like that, I mean, that was, that was him. Yeah. That was devastating when he died. It was he like died. one of those where you're like, oh, such a talent. Such a talent. All right. So here I have, I have an idea if you're, if you want to do it. So I saw on your resume, <laughs> <laughs> I saw on your resume, you can do a bunch of different accents. Okay, so you got Southern, Long Island, British, and Russian. And so I was thinking, like, what if maybe I'll ask you a question, and then you have to answer in in that particular accent. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. Well, it's like a mix of improv and stuff. It'll be a silly question, not like a okay, like uh, uh, like Southern. I'd be like, hey, uh, where can I get some fried chicken around here? The best place for fried chicken is at my grandma's house at Granny's right down the street. So just come on down and she'll give you some fried chicken any time of the day. Excellent. Excellent. Heading to New York. Excuse me. Do you know where the Statue of Liberty is? Oh, my God. I am so tired of people asking me where the Statue of Liberty is. Don't you look up. It's just sitting. It's literally right in front of you. British. Do you know Hugh Grant? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Wasn't that a good accent? Yes, yes. Okay, Russian, uh, how many times have you voted in the U.S. election? I do not vote. Voting is so overrated. I wish wish in my country I could vote, but I cannot. (laughs) I guess you can really vote in Russia. I don't know if I was stereotyping the country. I have no idea. I have no idea. Just go, just go. I I do not vote like moose and squirrel. 
<laughs> like moose and squirrel, they know both. <laughs> oh, and I drink vodka. It's like everything has something to right. say. Like, <laughs> potato. Okay. And that's the end of the accent portion of the show. <laughs> you were on elementary with Lucy Liu. Here's a little fact on Lucy Liu, and then you can share one of your stories. I don't really know her. I used to play a club in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the U- University of Michigan is, and Lucy Liu was the ticket person at that club, like when she went to U of M or something like that. I believe she's from Michigan, so or at least she went to the university. You probably have a first-degree story you could share. <laughs> so cute did you think she was adorable she's so i'm sure pretty. she was i'm sure she was amazing yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the way she is no she's really sweet she's super tiny i had all that was my first big booking when i started i mean i, I was a late bloomer as an actor i didn't go into to new york until about five and a half years ago so that was my first big booking and it was one line but i love johnny lee miller he's so cute i love him from train spotting so he and i had to work in it they put me in a closet with them, like a tiny little, literally a closet where I had to, we were together like nose to nose back practically because he walked out of it on a set. I, I was just sweating. Like thinking about it now, my armpits are sweating. I was just so, I mean, to be in a little closet with him and then we're trying to remember my one little line and not, you know, mess it up was, it's a lot of pressure, Jeff. It is. That sounds like a little, a lot of pressure. I was a female mercenary. I think I saw a, I saw a clip. You kind of walk by her in the clip. It's, it's cool. I wasn't. That was the line. Not even a line. It was literally two words. I was in a yellow book ad once. No. For <laughs> my dad. <laughs> As what? As- it was for, for my dad for his dental practice. <laughs> Your dad was a dentist? Yeah, that was the extent of my uh, acting career right there. You never forget it, do you? You never forget. You never forget your one and only non-paying <laughs> gig. <laughs> literally one and only. One and only. Oh, you, oh! Speaking of dentists, that's why I brought it up because you were. I wanted to make a dentist joke because you were in. You were in a one eight hundred doctors commercial. One eight hundred dentists. Well, that was my joke. Is like dentists aren't doctors. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people used to say to my dad all the time. Uh, Doctor Jawaskin, D- dentists aren't doctors. <laughs> they would literally say they probably would, wouldn't they? Just say that to him to his face. Yeah, it was just funny. That was. Uh, <laughs> you did your research. Well, I watched, I went to your website, I watched your clips. 1-800-Dentist. That was a big, that aired so much. It was crazy. I was so tired of seeing it. And, um, you know, I got paid like a flat rate. So it was, it, at the time it was like, you know, $3,000 or something, but it aired for a long time. It was kind of embarrassing, but. Hey, pays the bills and you were great in it. Like I really believed I could get a good dentist. <laughs> it's like, important to me and my smile. <laughs> exactly. I'm like. I'm calling this number right now. To hell with my dad. I'm going. I'm switching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shannon. Hopefully, he was on the list for one eight hundred dentist. He didn't miss the boat. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not. They, that would be not a boat a dentist would want to miss. <laughs> so, <laughs> I heard you talk about a cruise ship one time. Oh yeah, you were on one of your old shows, talking about being on a cruise ship with your family. Speaking of boats, it was just funny. You're funny. I like your show. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, okay, so tell me about The Littlest Peanut. I had two preemies, two premature babies. And um, my first, they're not, they're not twins. It was two separate. And then after that, I made my husband get a vasectomy immediately because clearly I like to have premature kids. But it's a baby book for preemies, for moms that are, or dads that are in the NICU. And baby books don't match kids that are born that early. The milestones don't match. And 
you know, you already, you're just trying to deal with some stress. And so I created the Littlest Peanut. My brother-in-law, brother-in-law illustrated it. It seems to help out parents so they can do their milestones specific to a preemie's needs. And we donate. That's very cool. Thank you. I donate. A, I just sent off a couple of cases today to some hospitals. And it's our four, the fourth edition. I wrote it a while ago and it sells on Amazon. You can go to the little the littlestpeanut.com. And it just I, it's just kind of a way to give back and help out other parents that have had premature kids. That is amazing. Thank you. You can always tell an amazing creative person because they take every little thing kind of inspires and then you have all these different avenues to kind of express yourself. Yeah. Speaking of which, you're also a songwriter. You're like ridiculous. There's just too much. (laughs) You cannot contain Wilson. (laughs) It's a one box. There's many boxes. (laughs) I think that's just another outlet too. It's just a way to... I don't know. I waited on a guy years ago. His name was Stan Moretz. He's a big music producer in Nashville. And I was probably 24. And he was such a nice guy. He was Tim McGraw's agent at the time. And he said, uh, he's like, Shannon, can you sing? I would love if you could sing. Because we just hit it off and we became friends. I was too shy. I'm actually kind of a shy person. I don't like performing in front of people. And I was like, no, I don't sing. But I actually do like to sing. So I always kind of, it bummed me out a little bit for a while that I never really went for that with when he, it would have been a good opportunity, but the universe doesn't work that way. And some things are just meant not to happen. So I finally started recording songs a few years ago, just to kind of fill that need to do it. And it was so fun. That is so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh, very, so how many, how many songs do you have out on Spotify right now? I have five and this is so random. Come to find out this guy in my town, Jim Heffernan was a huge Nashville musician, studio musician, Played with um, Joe Diffie, and he was a big country star, all in the you know the eighties and the nineties in Nashville. He lives right not far from me. Someone told me that I called him up, and he produced everything. And he's just, I mean, he can tell you stories about everybody in the country music business. I could talk to him all day. He's about 60, 65. So he and I came in with my songs and with my guitar, and he helped me record them. I haven't written any in a long. It's probably been a couple of years since I've written a song and recorded it. I I should do that again. Do you just doodle? Do you have ideas for songs? You just haven't kind of jumped yeah. into it? I have one that I like. If I start going there, because you're a creative person, if I start getting in that mindset, then I'll get music in my head nonstop. And then it takes a lot of time. So sometimes I think I block out. I haven't done music. I just picked up my guitar yesterday for the first time in a long time. I think because I just, it's almost too much. Not that I'm some creative genius because my songs aren't that great. But you know what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, now performing her new song, Shannon. <laughs> Isn't it the worst? I, I, I love when I'm like, Jeff, tell a joke. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't just pull out like stand up. I mean, you can't just start doing stand up, right? I don't even know how you do stand up. The timing. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's to me, it's I don't know how people do improv. Like it, at least with stand up, you know. I know what I'm going to do. I know, you know, I know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some in, kind of off the cuff stuff that might happen in general to go up with that, that safety net. Like, it's amazing to me. Like when the improv people do it, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. You see just such amazing ones in New York. If you go to any of those, I mean, you're just like, how did they come up with that? And the, and their, their minds, how I can just come up with any sort of content and history, literature, it's just fun. it's unbelievable. I guess if you practice, they're just so smart. My improv claim to fame is I went to Second City in Chicago and saw Chris Farley and Tim Meadows the year before they went on to Saturday Night Live. It was possibly 
one of the funniest nights ever. There's one particular skit with Chris Farley that to this day, we all still talk about it. And that was, it was decades ago. And there was like, he did talk about that one particular thing. It was like this, he was half whale, half boy. <laughs> and there's like some clip where he's on, you know, maybe John, I don't know if it's Johnny or whatever it is, Letterman. Any, and one of those where he's yeah. talking about that particular thing. It was by far the funniest thing we've ever seen ever. Everyone was just crying. And could you feel his energy? I mean, oh, you were yeah. in the same yeah. room with him. It must have been palpable. I'm sure there's other people in that room that maybe went on to some things, but it was, you know, it's to stick out like that. You're like, I remember we were all the next year where Saturday Night Live comes out and we're all like, oh my God. <laughs> you knew he was going to make it. You knew right then he had that special. Yeah, he had that. Out. Yeah, he was just incredible. Incredible. All right. I do want to talk about your new movie. I did read all about it. I've, I kind of, I did do it, all that. It was just, it's a, it's a, I want you to tell, tell the story of Snow Babies. Snow Babies, Snow S-N-O Babies. And uh, I play the mother of a 16-year-old honor student who's a heroin addict. And it's an independent film. We shot it in Philly. The writer and director are both from Philadelphia. They took a lot of stories from actual teen addicts, heroin addicts, recovering addicts, and incorporated that into this film. So it's a really intense movie. There's some really hard parts to watch. The daughter, my daughter, Kristen, plays by, is played by Katie Kelly. She's phenomenal in it. And I mean, you see her shooting up in different ways. And she's just so so cute and 16 and I was naive. I didn't realize how bad the epidemic was in our suburbs or even on Kensington Avenue in Philadelphia. That's the epicenter. People come from all over the country to Kensington Avenue. I watched the preview and it's one of those previews where you watch it and you're like, I have to watch this, but I'm not sure I can watch this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, I have two, two girls basically that age or a little older and then they're off in the real world, you know? So it's, it's hard because they have all these things that they're now dealing with and different inputs and me and my wife, we aren't there. And, yeah. and so it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the literal tagline for the movie is the movie's hard to watch, but important to see. That is the tagline. It is. It was hard for me to watch and I was in it. I mean, it's important. It's an important conversation. I have a 14 year old daughter and a 13 year old son. And when we were, when we were shooting the film, I was coming, I came home. I'm like, don't ever do drugs. If you have an injury, I don't care how bad it is. I'm never putting you on opioids because that's 80% of heroin users started off on painkillers. And sometimes for a legit reason, right? They're like, they get hurt. It's a recovery type thing. And then they just get addicted to it. Yeah. I would say like the majority of the time they're true injuries and you just don't even realize how fast that can happen. I've had people call me, my, uh, my manager called me and she's or my agent in Charlotte. She's Southern Luann. And she called and she just watched the movie. Like, how'd you not know she was on heroin? You're the worst mother. You know, she didn't, I think I got blamed some, but I'm a busy mom and I'm a working mom, the breadwinner in the film. And I love my daughter and I would ask her what was wrong and kids will not tell you. We're just so busy sometimes. It, it's easy in hindsight to say, oh, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Mm -hmm. But everyone who's an adult, they would say that to another adult about their kid is ignoring the fact that, that when they were a kid, 80% of what they did, they tried to put over on their parents, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not like you're just living these parallel lives and you just didn't notice the kid was on drugs or whatever. It's they're going out of their 90% of their effort is to make sure you don't notice. You know, it's not like it's just out there, you know, it's hard, you have to. And 
you know, and then you get all the other people that maybe see it or something, but then don't say anything because they don't want to get involved. That, that's true. Yeah. They, you're like, why didn't you say anything? That's this film has that. There's a woman, my a Valerie that my daughter confides in and she doesn't come and tell me the adult, you know, Valerie, the character doesn't come and tell me because she doesn't want to, you know, rat out my daughter, but it, it is intense. It's, it's hard to watch. It's, you know, there's crying. I was crying at the end and I, I was in the end. I, I knew what was happening. It's been supported by um, the guy who, the person who bought the film is the Motley Crue from the dirt on Netflix, mm-hmm, Alan mm-hmm. Kovac. And he did the biopic and he's, he really believed in the film and Nikki Six from Motley Crue because he's a recovering addict. That company bought Snow Babies. So they were, they've been so supportive and helped create a great soundtrack with really good musicians. So it's, it's more than we expected. We were hoping, we knew it was special when we were making it. And the audience reviews have been fantastic. People that have lost their own children are writing in and saying that, you know, they're glad that we've, that we're helping to get the word out there. And um, not to just talk about them. Uh, Shannon absolutely killed it in the finale scene. Is that yeah. right? People will be talking about her performance for quite some time. It was gut-wrenching. <laughs> Mike Walsh, writer-producer of Snow Baby. So there you have it. Thank you. Shannon Wilson, a tour de force. You're so French. I know you're popular in France. I see how you're incorporating French words. I am, but I was very, for a minute, I was very popular in France. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do something to offend them? I don't know. I just, it's, I, I lost my popularity here. <laughs> I have to regain it. I have to regain it. But it was, it was an exciting moment. <laughs> you're like oh francy yeah you, i just said francy that's not even a french correct terminology no no but it's fine we if you hadn't said it people would just assumed it was but, thank you yeah so you just you have to just kind of go with it <laughs> improv in french words so <laughs> how does it work when a movie just goes right to stream do you uh do you get a cut every time should i get everyone to stream it so you can do you make like 10 cents a stream or something <laughs> I know, like my songs. You could see my my uh, when I I look at every few, I go on to certain sites that show sales of my songs, and I'm like, yes, zero point zero zero one percent. Now I have three dollars and sixty two cents in my account. Yeah, it's the best. It's I'm the best. Streaming, but you're like, but someone streamed it. Yeah, no, um, it was supposed to be in the theaters, and I feel bad because Katie Kelly, who's in the film, it's her first feature. It's a lot of our first movie. I mean, it was my first feature film. So it's very low budget. So we'll just say I was paid very low budget. Well, you know what? I heard that the person from Napoleon Dynamite, though I can't remember his name. I'm blanking. That's my favorite movie. It's a great movie, right? I love Napoleon. The funny thing is my wife and I watched Napoleon Dynamite. Everyone said, watch Napoleon Dynamite. And I'm wa- we're watching it and we're like, we turn it off and we're like, we don't get it. So the people that told we just, we don't get it. And they go, that's the point. what you're missing. That's the whole point. <laughs> No, I'm saying then we watched it again and it's like, oh my God, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. But I heard he only got paid like a thousand dollars for that. I believe it. And then he never did another one. He's so great. John, John Hedder, right? John Hedder. Yes. Yeah. You. Oh, but Napo- I have it on my Twitter account. It says, won't change the channel if Napoleon Dynamite is on. If- yes. I have seen that movie. I can't even tell you. And my kids love it too. My husband loves it. Like we're all in on that film. Oh, I got a vote for Pedro shirt. I got, I went, I went, I went as him with the vote for Pedro once for Halloween. You did? <laughs> well, I think everyone has at one point. <laughs> yeah. I, I think mean, it's, it's standard issue. Oh, he's so, it, that's just, there's, it's a deep movie too. There's so many things underlying about relationships and how you are with people. It just, it's, yeah. yeah. My mom got, didn't get it. She goes, that was the stupidest movie I have ever seen in my entire life. 
so stupid and she didn't get i think if she saw it again she'd get it but she would never watch that again yeah it's one of those things you just you have to kind of just be taking it in and understanding what you're watching but it's really i I thought i read they might be doing a sequel to it i know they did an animated kind of thing with it at one point but i heard i think i heard they were going to do a sequel well they have to do i mean every single person has to be involved same people i mean uncle rico when he's talking about if he just you know his football days Right. He's such a good actor. I have around that part where his eyes, when he's like, if I just, you know, my life would have been different. That's so sad. It's like, there's just so many poignant moments in that. We all have those feelings, right? Yeah, it's so good. Tots. We do the tots line. <laughs> Give me the tots. Because <laughs> <laughs> that just bully asshole that just like goes around just taking people's tots, you know, because they feel entitled. I know. This the whole dancing. There's so many classic things in that movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the Shonda, the time machine, everything. The Vonda. <laughs> the Vonda, yeah, sorry. They love each other. I love when he goes, this is pretty much the worst video I've ever seen. And he's like, no, it's not. And how could you even know that? <laughs> <laughs> how could you even know that? I should not be trying to go one-on-one with you with this movie. You clearly have it way more down than I will oh, ever. I figured I yes. <laughs> We'll try and get you into the sequel. Oh, please do. Oh my gosh. I'm sure you have connections. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just let me, um, let me write him a letter. (laughs) (laughs) Write him a letter. (laughs) Write him a letter. Well, let's, let's talk. I want to go back to the snow babies thing for one more second, because I think uh, an important kind of tie into that is the whole, um, with the addiction and trying to kind of the global recovery initiative, Yes, that company that's involved in trying to help people. So it's, it's a movie with a message and it's also giving everybody a way to kind of giving everybody a path to try and get better if they need it or send people in that right direction. Is that correct? Yes. And a share of the um, profits are going to the global recovery initiatives fund and the Amy Winehouse foundation partnered with us as well. Her, her dad runs the Amy Winehouse foundation foundation and he, like he loved Snow Baby so much that he partnered with us in helping get the word out as well. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. Any other indie movies you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm doing a small movie now that I can't talk. It's out there, but I had to sign an NDA, but it was shot in Philly. And it's got some cool cast members that are some kids of some pretty famous parents. And we shot that last week. And the guy, the director and writers from Philly. And that was my first time back on set since COVID. Yeah, that was that was interesting, but um, it's just nice to be around creative people again. And I love doing stuff in Philadelphia. Like anytime you can do something locally, it's just Philly's got such a you know. I'm sure you've done stand up there. I haven't done stand up there, but I have been there. I've yeah. had excellent Chinese food in Philadelphia. They do, they do. They have good food. It's just got such a feeling to it. Yes. When will that maybe come out? That should come out. I think they're wrapping the shooting in a couple of weeks. That should come out sometime next year. I have another show coming up on Netflix called Halston, which is about the fashion designer from the 70s, the actual fashion designer. And Ewan McGregor's playing Halston. Oh, that's, that's cool. Ryan Murphy show, Ryan Murphy production. So I'm so super happy to be a part of that. Awesome. Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy's like, there's always like one with like David E. Kelly at one point yeah. had every show on. Right. There's always somebody, uh, Shonda Rhimes, you know, has like every, the and, and, and Ryan Murphy. Like, there's always like somebody that's got like 15 shows, you know, like all these, just everything. Yeah. There, it's true. His stuff's so great, though. His set design, I mean, it, it just is so beautiful. The, the work that he puts into his shows. We shot one day of it, and then COVID shut the production down. So just that one day, like, unbelievable. So how can people keep up with you on the social medias if they want to find you? They can go to sh- my, so my name's spelled S-H-A-N-N-A-N. 
Wilson seven is my Instagram and website shannonwilson.com. Excellent. It's weird to be on social. I'm not too big on social media. It's kind of. Well, now you are as Snow Babies blows up. You're going to have to, you're going to have to welcome your fans. I like how you said you're semi-famous, right? That's what you have on your Twitter. I'm working towards famous. I didn't want to set the bar too high for everyone. You're like, my goal is just to be semi-famous. Yes, semi-famous with maybe a paycheck. <laughs> yes, with a paycheck. Would you really want to be famous, though? I think that would be kind of, I don't think I'd want to do that. No, I think Bill Murray had a famous quote. If you want to be rich and famous, try just being rich first and see if that does it for you. I get it. Being famous probably has its its downsides, but I'd give it a shot. And then, you know, as they then tear me down. You can handle the being torn down part. No, I wouldn't. No. I would be all like in a fetal position crying in my room. <laughs> I, would not I, know, I know someone who was like, she's a friend of mine and she's pretty famous. And she made some comments that got her in a lot of trouble and her career just went out from under her overnight. And it's a lot of pressure. And I don't know. I just, I've seen per- firsthand that happen to someone and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You gotta be careful these days. Everything's on on camera, everything's being videotaped, everything, you can't escape anything. No. So be careful what you say and don't do drugs. Those are the messages of today's That's Jeff Dawaskin show with Shannon Wilson. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't thank you enough. It was fun. I had such a good time. Thank you. Please, I'd love to talk to you again in the future about Gilbert Gottfried. So oh, yeah. It's my favorite. He's great. We will do that. Once your secret projects all come out, you'll come back on. Okay. Yes, definitely. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. How amazing was that conversation with Shannon Wilson? She's so awesome. Check out her movie Snow Babies on Amazon Prime and Holston on Netflix. So much Shannon Wilson in your future. I can predict it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right. Can you believe it? We're nearing the end of the show, which can only mean one thing. It's time for another trending hashtag from the family of hashtags on hashtag roundup. That's right. Hashtag roundup. Follow us on Twitter at hashtag roundup. Download the free hashtag roundup app on Apple or Google Play. Tweet along with us and one day one of your tweets may show up in a future episode of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show. Today's hashtag is hashtag take a tune to the dentist. That's right, Shannon also starred in a 1-800-DENTIST commercial. So in an homage to her, we're going to hashtag take a tune to the dentist, brought to you by Toonsys Tags, a weekly game on hashtag roundup. Take a tune to the dentist, the ultimate music dentist mashup hashtag. It was a smash sensation. So here we go, hashtag take a tune to the dentist. Of course, anything by Flo Rida. Drill me up, buttercup. Drill me up, buttercup. Flo Rida. Take it easy. I didn't say I could sing, but I'm gonna. I'm giving it my best shot here. You've got a ticket to Flo Rida. Oh, I apologize to the Beatles personally for that one. Baby got plaque. <laughs> That's a good one. I got 99 problems, but a cavity ain't one. Molaire than a woman. Of course, the classic back to plaque. These are some amazing hashtag take a tune to the dentist tweets. I found my drill on Blueberry Hill. Split me, baby, one more time. And then the, the James Bond classic. It's a view to a drill. Dressed to drill. I would walk 500 smiles. Yes, I would walk. 500 more. Come on, hygiene. Yeah, come on, hygiene. And of course, is there any other way to wrap up hashtag take a tune to the dentist 
other than with like a bridge over troubled molars. All right. Oh, man. All right. Some fun hashtags on the hashtag roundup. Grab the app. Play along. You know the drill. Pun intended. Well, can you believe it? We're at the end of another episode of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show. I know it's the end because I'm your host, Jeff Dewaskin, guiding you through the episode with finesse, I would say. Thanks again to my amazing guest, Shannon Wilson. I appreciate her stopping by and talking about her movies. Thanks to all of you for sharing, liking, listening week after week. I can't thank you enough. You're all the reason that keeps me coming back week after week after week. Lots of great shows coming up, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.